to have you with us today. Church, make sure before he leaves today that you greet him and tell him that he is more than welcome. We will expect you to be here. <laughs> so we're just so glad to see everybody this morning. If you would, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Of course, this is Communion Sunday. To me, one can have. Amen? Communion. Praise God. If we were to put a title on what we're talking about today, we would simply call it, what's the purpose of communion? And in that purpose, there should be something that you're, a goal that you're looking for to accomplish because of the, we do it on purpose. I mean, I didn't just show up here this morning. I came on purpose. God's word. So I'm just so glad that we can be here today to be able to do that. Amen. What's your purpose? As someone who has accepted Jesus Christ. and Now what do I do with the message? On purpose. Amen. Just like today you didn't accidentally stumble into this church this morning. You came here on purpose. Lisa didn't make the arrangement purpose in her heart. And I believe the purpose that she had in her heart with these songs that she chose was to accomplish a a goal. There is an entrance that we can go into. So we're just so thankful for that this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 24. And when he, after the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as this cup you do show the Lord's death till he come. Purpose. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself not discerning, not understanding, amen, the purpose. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that you come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. There's a whole lot of purpose in those verses right there. But our purpose today is to talk about communion, a coming together, communion, to commune with one another, to commune with our Heavenly Father. Amen? I want to ask you this question this morning to you. What's the purpose of communion to you. A purpose? What is a purpose? The purpose of communion is to remind the believers of Jesus and the provision that he purposed or purchased at Calvary. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's a purpose in what Jesus was doing. Amen? The purpose The purpose of communion is to remind us, remind us. We read that twice there. I believe it was in 24 and 25. To remind the believers of Jesus's provision that was purchased at Calvary. His purpose was to remind you that there is a provision that he paid for when he died on the cross of Calvary. 
Can you say amen? There's also a partnership. Say partnership. Communion means partnership. Partners coming together in relationships, sharing with one another. We're partners in this together, church. When we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, not only did we cut covenant with Jesus Christ, but we also began to have covenant with covenant partners, fellow believers who accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Amen. I mean, take a moment and just look around the church. These are your partners. Amen. Regardless of race, creed, or color. Communion symbolizes our relationship with Christ. As you receive Christ, you'll never be alone. Now you have a partner. Now you may live alone. You may, you may be the only uh, uh, provider for your family, but you're not alone. Because now you have a partner. And his name is Jesus. And he'll always be there with you to help you in whatever situation you're in. Every time we partake of communion, in a sense, we relive our salvation experience. We're reminded of its sense of cleanliness, its wholeness, its freedom, its joy, and its peace. Folks, I want to tell you, there's peace at the table. There's peace at the table. As we were growing up, raising our children, Barb and I always much anymore, and that's sad. But we looked forward to that. She knew when I got home, the kids would be home finishing homework, and she would be getting dinner ready. And you know what there was at that table when we sat down? It wasn't chaos. There was a peace. The family was meeting together. Hallelujah. I I had the privilege to be partners, not only with my wife, but my children. Amen. I have the privilege today to not only be your pastor, but I am your partner in this walk of life that we have. Amen. And like the saying, so like the song said, guess what? The anchor holds. It holds. I said it holds. Glory to God. Isn't he good? Yes, he is all the time. Communion helps us never to forget the provision of salvation is only possible because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. I mean, even when we have communion, and I can look at the communion, I mean, my, my mind is just racing about everything that's provided here. Amen? Let me read that to you again. Communion helps us never to forget that the provision of salvation is only possible because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Look over here in Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. 
And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Had it not been for the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, there would be no remission. There would be no payment for our sin. But thank God the blood was shed. I said, thank God the blood was shed. There's also a participation. Unless a person has partaken of Jesus Christ in redemption through the new birth. Listen to me. Unless a person has partaken of Jesus Christ in redemption through the new birth, his participation in communion is nothing more than a religious ritual. Some people take it just because they happen to show up on Sunday. Okay, I'll have a little drink and have a little bread. It's not about a little bit of drink and a little bit of bread. It's participating in what he's called us to remember. The provision. The provision. Every, Every need you brought in this room this morning has been provided for because of the blood of Jesus Christ. He has provided. He's made a way for you to come and partake of all that he has done for every one of us this morning. Glory to God. Taking communion out of religious duty without being born again is like playing on a team without really being a part of the team. You're just there. But you're doing nothing to help. You're not contributing anything to the welfare of the team. My daughter Shannon used to be what they called the water girls for the football team. And she would always provide water. She'd run out on the field and give water when they had a timeout or during halftime and and the guys needed a drink. And and she said, Dad, there would always be these other guys that would want a drink of water And she said, I never would give them anything. And I said, why, honey? She said, Dad, they were just hamburger players. All they were there for was just to put on the uniform and show up. Come on now. It takes more than just showing up this morning. It takes participation. To put in an effort, to be a part of. Glory to God. Amen. Winning teams... Share in victory. When they come together in union and harmony, as they focus on one understood goal, and that's the win. And that's the win. I never did enter, I never did play a sport, and I never did play in anything, whatever it may be, that I had an intention to lose. Right, right Joe? <laughs> I have yet to beat Joe. And it rubs me raw. He just keeps beating me. But there is coming a day. Reminds me of a song. There is coming. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. But it's true. Why would I ever want to be on a team that I thought, oh, well, it don't matter whether we win. What do you mean it don't matter? What do you mean it don't matter? Amen. I mean, I, I, I used to, I'd bet on a rock, uh, or I'd bet on who could throw a rock the farthest. 
I mean, I was that competitive. And you know what? We ought to be at least that half competitive as believers. Glory to God. Want to be a part of the team. Yeah, count me in. Amen. I never did like playing ring around the rosy. Ring around the rosy let uh, what's his name come over. Is that another? Oh, yeah, that's it. Red Rover, Red Rover. <laughs> Man, I know you, you old people got that real quick. <laughs> I never did like that game out at recess. Red Rover, Red Rover, let whoever come over. You know, I never did get picked. They wouldn't pick me. And I never did like it. I said, why don't you guys want to pick me? You bust the line too hard. What are you supposed to just walk up and, excuse me, let me in? Oh, man, bam, run through those hands and break it up. Participation. We participate to win. You participate today because you've already won. Glory to God. Hallelujah. How about provision? Unless a person understands and identifies the elements. That Mount Calvary represents and are part of Christ's provision. The symbols are nothing more than a piece of bread and some juice. Until they mean something to you. I said until they mean something to you. Amen. Probably everybody in here has things that mean a lot to you. But it may not mean a lot to me. And I may have things I care about. You could care less about. But this is one thing that we should all care about. And it's communion. Communion because it represents all that Jesus is. All that he's done. And listen to me, church, all that he will do. All that he will do. He's not done with you yet. Come on, he's not done with you yet. There are exploits out there that you haven't even come to grips with. That God's probably already speaking to you about. The bread represents the broken body of Jesus. Go back here to Isaiah chapter 53. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 53. Very, very familiar Scripture, Isaiah chapter 53, hallelujah. I remember hearing a a pastor at a meeting two or three years ago, and his name is Pastor David Sharon. He pastors his church out in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I have said it here before, but I think it bears repeating. You know, you may not hear anything new today, but it's going to be true. And how do you know we can build on the truth? I said, you can build on what's true, but you can't build on hearsay. You can't build on what's not true. Isaiah 53, look here in verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of who? Our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we what? Are 
healed. So he's already made provision for your healing, hasn't he? I said he's already made provision for your healing, hasn't he? According to what the word says. He's made provision. Well, there's purpose in that. It's to get you well. Amen? Glory to God. The cup represents the word, or excuse me, the cup represents the blood of Jesus. Again, back in 1 Corinthians. Have you know rest, repetition is good? It's been good for me. <laughs> the cup represents what? The blood. Everybody say the blood. This cup represents the blood of Jesus. He's trying to remind us again why we take this. It's because of what he did and allowed to happen to his body. It's what happened to him when he shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 25, he said, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink it. How? In remembrance of me. Isn't it good to know that the blood washes away our sins? Look over here to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, it's the blood that does what? Washes away our sins. Hebrews 10, look here at verse 16. Hallelujah. It said, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And their what? Sins and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. The blood doesn't need a helper. The blood does not need a helper. The blood contains everything that you need to wash away your sins and also bring healing to your body. Glory to God. I said glory to God. (laughs) The blood, listen to this. The blood broke the power and the bondage of sin. And if the blood broke the power and the bondage of sin, the blood has also broken the bondage of sickness. Hallelujah. There's also preparation. We make preparations to do everything. There's not one person in here that ever took a trip, was ever going anywhere, just ever just getting up and going to work. Amen. There's always preparation being made to get you ready to get there. Isn't that something? We're always making preparation to get us there. Where we'll realize Jesus has already made preparations for us to be there. (laughs) Glory to God. Glory to God. Isn't he good? Preparation with faith rising from within us. Always, always, always partake of communion ready to do something. Remember the story in Exodus chapter 12, verse 3 through 14? God told him to get ready. Amen. 
He's, let's look over that at Exodus. That's, that's pretty important. We need to look at that. Exodus chapter 3. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 3. Look here. In, uh, hallelujah. Beginning in verse, or Exodus chapter 12, beginning in verse 3. Exodus chapter 12, beginning in verse 3. Speak unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take the blood and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire, unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs and with the pertinence thereof. There is a purpose, and ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaining of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire, and thus shall ye eat it with what? Here we go. Preparation. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Amen. Glory to God. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. Hallelujah. And will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and beasts. Again, all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Look here at verse 13. And the blood shall be unto you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood. Woo! When I see the blood, glory to God, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Is it any different today? No, it is not. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Yes, you have. Has the blood of Jesus been applied over the doorpost of your life? Yes, it has. Well, Jesus is telling us today, when I see the blood over your life, I'm going to pass over and no plague can come nigh your dwelling. That's what he said. That's what he said. I said, that's what he said, talking about the blood. When the blood is applied to the doors of our spiritual house, the enemy no longer has any control over you. None. Let me substantiate that. Look over here in 1 John. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 5. 
Hallelujah. Or I mean, not First John. Gospel of John. Big difference. <laughs> Gospel of John, chapter 5. Glory to God. First John 5. Amen. First John 5, verse 24. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is what? Passed from death unto life. Thank God for the blood. Now, 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 14. 1 John 3 Verse 14 says, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brethren abideth in death. Amen. Come on, love will change your life. Love will change your thinking. Just as God told the children of Israel to eat the Passover, with their loins girded and their shoes on their feet and their staff in hand, you and I as believers are commanded to put on the whole armor of God that we too might fight this battle that we're in. And if you want to read about the armor, it's in Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 17, talking about putting on the whole armor of God. So what is the purpose of communion? Amen. The purpose is to be reminded of what he's done. We're also, we need to have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal savior. And the provision for the purpose is not only salvation, but to receive healing. And there's also preparations that need to be made. And how do we do that? Simply ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Brother Rudy, would you and Brother Joe come and pass out the elements this morning? So if you haven't made preparation to receive communion this morning, then you can do so.